What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. It is Dog Talk with your host, Holden. Glad to have you guys here today. Glad to have you guys watching on YouTube. If you guys are checking the show out on YouTube today, if you guys are not listening on podcasts, wherever you guys are listening, make sure you hit that link in the description, that link tree link. It'll take you to where you can check out the YouTube channel. I would greatly appreciate it if you guys would subscribe to the channel there and check out the video whenever you guys get a chance. Hey, we got another week on hand. We're headed to play Missouri. I'm looking forward to it. Another Saturday of Georgia football coming our way at 7.30. We got a night game. It's not at home, but we do have a night game coming. Uh, next week did see where it looks like we're going to be playing Auburn at 3.30 when that game comes up. Uh, obviously, that is a home game. Still not a night game, but 3.30. I still believe I'll be kind of sad, I guess you'd say, if the Vanderbilt game ends up being a night game. Uh but it is what it is. I'm really still thinking that that Tennessee game later in the season after the Florida, Florida, Georgia, Georgia, Florida, excuse me, you guys, the Jacksonville game. I'm really thinking that Tennessee game is what's going to end up being the night game for Georgia. And that'd be a really good time to have a night game play in Tennessee at home. Really good atmosphere to be able to have a night game there. Um, so looking forward to that. Looking forward to seeing if that's what happens. I've seen a couple of you guys were actually putting some stuff out saying, uh, you know, just how many noon games Georgia had in, in comparison to the entire SEC and just how many night games Georgia had and how different the two of them are. Uh, Kirby did speak a little bit about how the Kent State game, these lunchtime kicks are different and how it's a whole lot different when you're playing at 7.30 as opposed to those 12 o'clock games where you're getting up, you're eating, you're getting started, and you're playing a game right off the bat basically as soon as you get the day started. Um, and then you got these 7.30 games where it's completely different. You wake up and your day, it just takes a lot longer, a lot longer for that game to come. You start to build the anticipation and things. I think that's going to play a little bit of a role coming into this game. It's a first night atmosphere that Georgia will face this season against an opponent, uh, and it's in the SEC. Regardless of the opponent, it's still the SEC. So, uh, again, just looking forward to that, and, again, glad to have you guys here with us today. Some injury updates that we're going to run through really quick that Kirby did speak on. Uh, this was back Monday with the press conference there. He did talk a little bit about A.D. Mitchell. He's trying to work his way back. Seems like Arian Smith is actually a little further along than he is. He is doing some running. Uh, and just not really cutting on that leg just yet. Uh, but I still think that it's probably doubtful that either of these guys end up in the game. I did see where they did dress. Um, I think Arian may have even dressed out for the game, uh, but did not actually end up playing in that game. And, again, I don't think they're going to end up playing in this one. I think the same can be said for uh, uh, Rick Gilbert. I think he dressed out in the last game as well, but did not play on the road when we played South Carolina. I don't really know what the what the latest was in this Kent State game. Um, but I think – or maybe he didn't travel to South Carolina. I may have it mixed up. But regardless, um, we're going to see what happens with him moving forward. One of the big matchup difference makers that I think we've had all season long is Kenny Mack out of the backfield. Not only can he run the ball, but he's also a very good catching the ball uh, running back that we've had just like – Cook in the in years past, um, and I think he's going to be a guy who we're going to be missing in this game. The latest that I saw was it looks like he is doubtful to play in this game with a bruised leg where he got hit in the leg a few weeks ago, and that same injury is kind of nagging him after this Kent State game after getting hit in that same spot. So I don't know if we're going to have Kenny Mack in this game. We're going to talk about some of that coming up in this breakdown. And we're going to go through, I actually pulled out some of our stat leaders on the team this season. And you'll be able to see who it is that I think is going to have to fill in that position uh, for him and coming up. So that's kind of an injury update. And we'll kind of jump into now what I was talking about with these stat leaders um, that I do think 
you know, some of you guys may or may not be interested in it. If it's something that you guys are interested in, uh, adding to this, and this is it on the screen. If you guys are watching on YouTube right now, Stetson Bennett is the stat leader for Georgia. That's not surprising when it comes to the passing game. He does lead it 19 for 124. That's 74.2%, just over 1,200 yards at 1224, averaging about nine and right at 10 yards, basically. Uh, in attempt five touchdowns through the air did throw that one interception last week right, right behind him it doesn't show it up here on the screen if you guys are watching but that's carson beck uh three games coming in so far 15 for 19 that's good enough to be right at 80 percent 78.9 percent 178 yards and two touchdowns for himself as well and then you can see it there on the screen as well kendall milton does lead the charge as far as rushing the ball for georgia 37 carries 208 yards three touchdowns on the ground so far and the guy I think is going to have to step up in Kenny McIntosh's place, and I believe he's going to do that, that's Dejon Edwards. 27 carries, 153 yards, has more yards on the ground, one carry more uh, than Kenny Mack does. Kenny Mack with 25 at 97 yards, but Kenny McIntosh does also have two touchdowns on the ground as well. But this is the part that we're missing once we get into that receiving category. Yes, Brock Bowers leads that 15 touches, 276 yards, and two touchdowns through the air. Lab McConkey and Kenny McIntosh, though, the second-best re receivers on the team. Again, one of which is not a receiver, obviously. He's the running back there for Georgia. Both of them 227 yards. Lad does have a touchdown through the air. But when you put these two things together, because it does matter, uh, you look at all-purpose yards. Kendall Milton, he's getting 65 yards through the air and a touchdown. All-purpose yards, he's at 273 yards and four touchdowns on the season. Dejon Edwards, all-purpose yards, 208. He doesn't have a touchdown on the season. That's going to change this Saturday coming up against Missouri. Kenny Mack, this is the big difference in the two guys right here, 324 excuse me 324 yards right now all purpose that's through the air and on the ground both of his touchdowns do come on the ground though and then we get to that rushing category again all purpose yards there for Brock Bowers 358 leading the team with five total touchdowns that's three three of which are on the ground two of which are in the air that's 82 yards running the ball so far obviously a huge one after that 75 yard end around last week against Kent State so that's kind of some of your leaders there on the rushing and the receiving side of the ball. We jump to the other side of the ball, though, on defense, and your leading tacklers right now is Malachi Starks, the true freshman. He's got 17 total tackles on the season, 11 of which are solos, two interceptions as well um, on the season. So he's rocking and rolling really well there. Right behind him is Smile Mondin Jr. He also has 17 with 13 uh, solo tackles by itself there, two and a half for tackles for loss. And then the guy who stepped on the scene last week that it doesn't show on your screen there was Jamon Dumas Johnson, 16 total tackles, all of which are solo and two sacks on the season so far. Dan Jackson with an interception, Christopher Smith with two, and Tresman Marshall also with an interception on the season. So that is your stat leader so far through the 2022 season as we get – rolling we're already what week five this is what we're looking at week five we're going to get to at the end of this episode the weekly picks on this so you guys make sure you stick around for that and we'll get prepared now to go into basically breaking down this game against missouri so kind of getting right into it right here so far what i've looked at Georgia and Missouri, the head-to-head -head matchup. Georgia is 10-1 and in this series. I think you have to go all the way back to that 2013 season, basically when Missouri joined the SEC uh, before you find a loss that Georgia took in that. Um, so I, I do believe that this is a matchup in the past that has been really good. 
Or it came ashore near Kyle Costner. But in the end, I don't think this game is going to matter as much. If we look at the last few games that Missouri had in this season coming into it, started off what looked like possibly a pretty promising year, taking on Louisiana Tech, beating them 52-24, to had the offense rocking and rolling there, but that didn't last long. Then they turn around against Kansas State out of the Big 12 and get smacked in the mouth 40-12 to in a loss there. Take on Abilene Christian, which is a non-major team, Winning that one 34-17, then they lose a heartbreaker to Auburn last week, which that game should have been won, but in the end, it does not matter. Auburn ends up prevailing. Essentially, Missouri handing the ball to Auburn to lose that game, but Missouri comes into this one 2-2 two and two on the season, giving up at this point 98 points. That's good enough to be 24.5 points a game is what they're giving up while getting 28. So that's a good reason to be 2-2 two and two on the season. And we look at the dogs as we do every week coming into it here. Still right there at the top as far as giving up points, only eight points on the season per game is what we're averaging. That's good enough to be fourth in the country, still averaging 42.2 points a game on offense. Again, good enough to be seven. 18th in the country. I think this is the bounce back game. I think I said this on Twitter at, at one point to somebody, but it doesn't. Let me preface it this way. I know when I say a bounce back game, it's going to sound like, well, we weren't that bad last week. And we weren't. You know, you still win by 17 points. I still think that's uh, an impressive win. It may not be that impressive because it was Kent State again. I still believe that the week before when they scored, you know, 63 points on a team, regardless of who it was, that offense was churning. Uh, and Georgia made mistakes. I saw a very good post on Facebook earlier that I actually read where somebody was trying to make a comparison against the Alabama-Texas game compared to the Georgia and Kent State game. Uh, and he made a very good point. It's like a diet Georgia. That's what you got last week. It's a 12 o'clock kick. Everybody's sleepwalking into this game. It's the third 12 o'clock kick in a row. Uh, and do you think Georgia actually put everything they had on the table to try to win this game? Do you think Georgia gave it all they had? Do you think they showed all their cards? And I even said this in the previous episode when we kind of recapped that game, was I don't think Georgia was putting everything they had on the table. I don't think Georgia showed all their cards. I even tweeted that as well. I think you've got a lot more to see, and I do believe in – quotations here kind of this is a bounce back game for Georgia I think the offense gets rocking and rolling again I think we do put a lot more out there defensively I think we start to stand back up not that we didn't in the last one but again it's been so long since we've seen Georgia give up points touchdowns at least much less 22 points to a team that just again we held Alabama to 18 in the national championship last year. Again, that's last year, so we're not going to waver too far to that. But that's just something to think about as we get into it once we start to get to the keys of the game. Missouri, not all that good of a football team. I really honestly, just going to be honest with you, I think Missouri is going to end up being the worst team in the SEC this year. I've got Vandy picked to beat them this year. I've got Vandy to pick to be one spot above them. I thought that Auburn was going to be the third worst team in the SEC, and they could get that basically gifted to them after Missouri actually ends up losing. And I don't think I don't think Vanderbilt's as bad as Missouri is. I think Vanderbilt's offense is a little bit better and can win that game against Missouri. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Georgia taking on Missouri in this game. And some of that just leads up to what I think Georgia has the capability to be able to take Missouri down pretty easily. Again, kind of a bounce back game for this. We'll get to those keys right now. On the offense, 
What I want to see in this game and some of the keys, let's score at will. I want to see a key to the game offensively to be to score at will. When Georgia wants to put the ball in the end zone, I want Georgia to be able to do that. I think Georgia can do that. I think Todd Munkin's going to start to wrap this offense all the way back up and allow you to see, okay, Georgia's got a game plan. They're sticking to this. They're starting to show some guns here and there. And we're going to see how much that matters for them. I'm excited to see Georgia get back on the scoreboard in a way that we expect them to. Uh, last week, again, when you make the mistakes that Georgia did, other teams are going to score on you. And again, you're lucky to win a game like that. If you're playing a much, much tougher opponent, you don't win that football game. That's all there is to it. In the end, luckily, Georgia did. They did end up winning it and won it by 17. But I want to see Georgia score at will. Got to get the ball to the playmakers. That's another key in this one. We do it every week, but this is going to be a little bit different this week if Kenny McIntosh is not able to play. Again, if you don't get an Enrique Gilbert, if you don't get A.D. Mitchell and Arian Smith, if these guys aren't on the field, you got plenty of other playmakers to get to it. Lad, he's going to come back. I think this is a good bounce-back game for him. It's an opportunity for him to step up, learn, and show, hey, again, it was just a bad day. We talked about that on the last episode. Everybody's got their days. Everybody has good days. Everybody has bad days. It was just a rough day for him. He's going to come back ready and prepared for this one. Got to take all that stuff mentally out of your mind and move forward as the weeks go on, and I think that happens. I think he's a ball. He, he's a guy you got to get the ball to. He's a playmaker. Get the ball to him. Brock, we know that. I think Brock is going to be covered heavily in this one. I think this is an opportunity for Darnell to get a lot of touches. I think this is an opportunity for him to stand out in this game as well and start to take some eyes off of uh, Brock Bowers in this one. And, again, I put this up on Twitter as well. Q. Dejon Edwards, because I think this is a breakout game for him as a running back this game. I think Kendall Milton's still going to add a lot to that too, but again, I think this is a big bounce back game for Georgia, and the final key of the game is just keep chopping. Keep chopping just as Kirby says offensively and defensively. I just think this offense gets rolling again. You're going to see that in my prediction coming up so far. I hadn't put it up on Twitter yet, but we'll put it up probably live as we're doing the show once it comes out for you guys. Jumping over to defense, keys to this one, very simple. Get off the field on third down, stopping them on third down, doing what we do week in and week out, getting back to that good, hard-nosed defense that Georgia has, the number one defense in the country. Let's get back to that. Let's stun this team right here. Stop them in their tracks and make them realize, okay, Georgia's defense is still really good. It's time to shut the haters up. Everybody that's out there that's saying, oh, Georgia's probably not that good. There's a reason only four votes went away from the first place votes for Georgia to other teams, three of which I think went to Ohio State, one of which went to Alabama. There's a reason they're that small amount. I think everybody still sees, okay, Georgia had a little bit of a rough game, but guess what? They still won by 17. They might not have beaten the snot out of them in in the way that you would expect them to, but they still won the game, and they won it handedly. So let's take a chill pill. They're going to bounce back, and they're going to show you why this week. So defensively, get off the field on third down. Let's get some more turnovers. I like seeing that. Um, that looked good last week, and I think you have a really good opportunity to do that again this week, uh, and the last of which is containing the quarterback right now. Looking at the quarterback for uh, Missouri, this is one thing I did want to look at. He's got like four touchdowns through the air, but he also has four interceptions, so he's even on each of the two, and I think Georgia can really capitalize on that one. Stepping in front of the ball, getting a couple of interceptions in this game, but it's also containing him, containing him. Brady Cook on this one. So far through the season, 805 yards. Yeah, four touchdowns, four interceptions. But he also runs the ball 158 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. So he's somebody that you're going to have to contain, not only throwing the ball, but also 
when he tries to scramble and get out of the pocket as well. And I think if Georgia does these three teams defensively, getting off the ball on third down, getting turnovers and containing the quarterback, sacks as well, love to see that. That's going to be a big component to winning this game. Georgia is a 29-point favorite coming into this one, and I think Georgia covers that one pretty easily. I got Georgia in a shutout on this one, 45 to nothing. You don't have to agree with me, but again, I just think this is the week that Georgia bounces back from a game last week that everybody thinks Georgia's not the top team in the country, and they're going to prove it to you this week why they are and why they should continue to be there until, for whatever reason, they show you they shouldn't. And I don't see that happening anytime soon. So dogs on top, 45 to nothing. That's what I've got it. Let's look at some of the other big games around the country. I know we're kind of running through things pretty quickly here. Uh, but, again, I just kind of wanted to – it's Missouri. I don't think that this these next couple of weeks are going to be all that uh, challenging for Georgia. Missouri sometimes in the past with Eli Drinkowitz has provided a little bit of a challenge to you defensively and the defensive mind that he has occasionally. I just don't see it. For the past three years, Georgia has outscored Missouri time and time again by quite a bit, and I think that continues in this one again, by the way, that I picked it. so. But like I said, we're going to look at some of these other big games around the country that I did want to jump to before we uh, jump to the picks of the week, which we'll get to here in just a second as well. Um, while we've got a little bit of a break here as everything pulls up on my screen for you guys, the South Carolina-South Carolina State game did get moved to actually today. It's going to be played uh, on Thursday. Utah-Utah State are also playing on Thursday. That's just a couple of games. The Utah-BYU, excuse me, Utah State and BYU game is played on Thursday. That was already scheduled there, but the South Carolina-South Carolina State game has been moved due to the hurricane coming through the state of Florida, now coming up to the South Carolinas. Uh, where obviously it's got to move that. And do want to also say, should have said this off the top, I apologize, but want to pray for everybody who is in the path of this thing, everybody who has already been in the path of this in Florida where this thing went through, because I know going through Michael being as far inland as we are and having to deal with that back in 2018, I can only imagine being right on the coast, some of the things that you guys are having to deal with if you're down there, family of players, not all of these players are from Athens. A lot of these players are from South Georgia over on the coast, also in Florida as well, and even in South Carolina. So praying out for all of the players, all the players, family, and anybody that is down in the state of Florida, even the Gators that are down there, we're praying for you guys as you have to deal with this storm coming through uh, all, all these past couple of days as well as what's coming in the coming days here into the Carolinas. So do want to send out a special prayer request for all of these guys moving forward through this storm. So getting to, like I said, you just heard the Thursday game. The Friday game that we do have coming up tomorrow is Washington and UCLA, both 4-0 teams. Washington only a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road at UCLA, and that's because both of them are undefeated. That game will be played late Friday night at 10.30 on ESPN. Then we get to Saturday. You do get the lunchtime slate. You got Michigan at Iowa. I don't expect too much out of this one. But I do think this is the opportunity to see, is Michigan the number four team in the country? Are they real? You're going against a 3-1 and one Iowa team that, to me, is not all that good. But this is going to be the defensive game. If Michigan's, excuse me, if Michigan's offense is good, you're going to find out in this game because Iowa's going to hold you to very little points if your offense is not. And this is the opportunity for Michigan to decide, determine and show us and decide that they are truly the number four team in the country. And same thing, just kind of quiet everybody up and show, okay, hey, we're 11-point favorites. 
Let's put that up there on the board. Big in the SEC at 12 o'clock on ESPN2 is number 7, Kentucky, at number 14, Ole Miss. Ole Miss is seven-point favorite at the house, both of which are undefeated. This is a big matchup. I'm excited to see this one taking place. Number 18, Oklahoma, 3-1, traveling to TCU, 3-0. That's at 12 o'clock on ABC, Oklahoma, 6.5-point favorite on the road there as well. Texas Tech, Kansas State, that matters a little bit. Again, again, Kansas State taking down Missouri earlier in the year. Uh, Kansas State, 7.5-point favorite in that one. That's another 12 o'clock game. Oregon State, Utah is what it is, 3-1. Utah, 10-point favorite, number 12 team in the country at home. Another big one in the SEC, you got five really big matchups that are ranked matchups this week. And this one at 3.30, that nice 3.30 CBS slot. Number two, Alabama traveling to number 20, Arkansas. Alabama, 17-point favorite. We're going to get to the picks here in a minute coming up on that. Rutgers at Ohio, Ohio State, I mean. Ohio State's a 39.5-point favorite. Don't really see Rutgers covering that, even if they're three and one. Doesn't matter. Then you got number nine, Oklahoma State at number sixteen, Baylor. Number that's three and zero versus three and one. Another good matchup. Baylor a two point favorite at the house. That on Fox at three thirty. Another good matchup in the ACC. You got number twenty two, Wake Forest traveling two twenty three, FSU. That's at three thirty on ABC. Three and one, Wake Forest taking on undefeated, the only undefeated team left in the state of Florida. Florida State four and zero, FSU a four or excuse me, seven-point favorite coming into this one. And then you get Texas A&M traveling to Mississippi State to play in Starkville. Starkville. Both teams 3-1, but Texas A&M, even though the rough loss after uh, App State, 17 in the country, Mississippi State not ranked. Mississippi State four-point favorite on SEC Network at 4 o'clock over the 17th-ranked Aggies. And I think this is that game. This is the game where Mississippi State can truly prove to you and say, hey, we deserve to be in the top 25. And, again, we're going to see if that happens coming up. You, then you got number 10, NC State, traveling to Clemson, number 5, both 4-0 teams. Again, another good ACC matchup here on ABC. That one is 7:30. Clemson, 7-point favorite. Arizona State at USC. And then you get Stanford at Oregon, the late Pac-12 game on Fox Sports 1. That one at 11 o'clock Saturday night. So, Late game there. Let's go ahead and jump into our picks of the week. Before we get to the Twitter conversation that we do have coming up, this is the way I got it. Georgia at Missouri. I don't know why I put versus when it's at. Regardless, Georgia, I got the win, 29. Again, I got it picked at 45 to nothing there. Then you get Alabama traveling to Arkansas. Yeah, I think they're going to win, so I'm putting them. But I do think Arkansas covers that plus 17. I'd like Arkansas to win this. I just don't know after seeing the past couple of weeks, Arkansas's offense is kind of spit and sputtered. But then they've gotten some stuff going, and then they kind of stop when they play a pretty good defense. And Texas A&M, their offense is terrible in my opinion, but their defense is still a pretty good team. Uh, and Alabama's defense is still going to be pretty good. So I do think they win it. So, again, them to what I got up there. But Arkansas, I think, covers that 17. And you got Kentucky at Ole Miss in this one. I do have Kentucky winning this one and covering that plus seven on the road at Oxford. Again, I don't think Ole Miss – Ole Miss a good football team, but I don't think they're as good as Kentucky. I think Kentucky with Will Levis stands a chance to continue the role and continue the undefeated streak through here in the season. So give me Kentucky with the win and plus seven, obviously, with the win in this one. Then Wake at FSU. Give me FSU minus seven. Last week, not too good. Three, four, and one. Hoping to bounce back this week, 18-11. And won so far through the season. And we'll see if we can improve on that as the week kind of comes in. 
Now getting to some of the Twitter polls that I did put up earlier. Unfortunately, they have not ended yet. It's only got just a couple of hours left on it before we actually get to some of these in, but we'll look at what they look like so far uh, anyways, and I'm looking forward to that. Again, you guys, if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at DogTalk20. If you guys are listening on podcasts, make sure you go over there and give us a give us a follow. And you guys on YouTube, you can see it in the corner there if you ever need a reminder. So some of the polls on the week. This is what we got through some of the polls. John Edwards, rushing yards versus Missouri, less than 150 yards or 150 plus. And 84% of you so far are going with less than 150 yards. 16% are 150 plus. Again, I think it's going to be kind of tough to put that up, especially being what is considered the backup. But right now you're going to have Kendall Milton and him. If Kenny McIntosh is not in this game, we're moving back and forth. But even if Georgia puts this game out of hand by the half, Dejon Edwards is going to be in the game a little bit in the first half and a lot of bit in the second half. Again, I think this is a breakout game for him. Maybe it's more in the pass game. I don't know. But I do think this is an opportunity for him to put up 150 yards. We're going to see where this line sits. Now, bounce-back performance from Stetson Bennett. Again, he didn't necessarily have a poor performance against Kent State. Didn't have any touchdown passes. Did have a rushing touchdown and did throw for a good bit of yards. But I call this a bounce-back performance mainly for the entire team. But also for Stetson, I think he gets in this one and throws for a couple more touchdowns. Probably runs for another one as well. We're going to see. We're going to see. But is it less than 300 yards or more than 300 yards? Tossing the rock and dotting them up out there against Missouri's defense. Most of you guys right now are going with 300 plus, and that's 77% of you guys. We'll see what that looks like once we get into it. Carson Beck, touchdowns versus Missouri. Last week he didn't even get in the game to be able to throw a pass this game. I think he has a very good opportunity to be in in this second half. Does he throw 0-1? to or two plus you guys most of you guys 61 percent at zero to one only 39 percent at two plus and finally defensive turnovers versus georgia like i said the keys to this game i think one of which is let's get some turnovers here on defense let's see if georgia can do that in this game zero to one has 30 percent of the votes and two plus has 70 percent so again that happened pretty good against kent state two plus in this one i can see two kind of a push if you put the over under at two um being maybe an interception fumble maybe two interceptions in this game i think this is the chance for georgia's defensive side of the ball to get a couple of those interceptions maybe even a pick six in this one we're going to see how things kind of wrap up uh, moving forward again i really appreciate you guys being here with us and i look forward to checking in with you guys once we get into this missouri game and once we get into it let's see 7.30, so it's going to be a later game. I mean, we'll still pretty much come to you guys normal timing uh, as far as things go on Sunday's episode where we recap this game against Missouri, and I look forward to doing that with you guys there. Um, guys, if you want to support the show, there's always a link in the description of the podcast. I would greatly appreciate it, as I've said throughout the show. If you guys want to follow us and subscribe to us on YouTube, I'd greatly appreciate that. Wherever you guys are listening on podcasts, make sure you give us that five-star review. I would also appreciate that. Other than that, we'll check in with you guys after the dogs get finished up in Missouri. And we'll go from there. Go dogs. <laughs>